Hey guys, Patrick here. Welcome back to another edition of the Baseball Dad Show. And in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about which pitchers you should study and use as models and which pitchers you should not, not and you should never use. Before we do that, head on over to BaseballDadShow.com. A lot of cool stuff over there. Um, we have our course, the Guardian course, the first and only course ever created for baseball dads to help our sons through the game of baseball become the great men, husbands, fathers, and leaders of tomorrow. You can get that there. There's also a scorecard that will tell you if your son's ready to play on the next level and um, a cut and paste word for word email dialogue that you can have with your son's coach to ask him for more playing time without looking like one of those dads. And there's other cool stuff over there for you as well. Check out baseballdadshow.com. So we're gonna talk about which pitchers that you should study and which pitchers that you should not study. So, you know, every, every generation has several pitchers that stand out. And the pitchers that stand out are obviously the pitchers that are successful, um, but also pitchers that are unique. Um, and there's pitchers who are successful now. I'm going to explain that. So let's rewind the clock a little bit. Let's rewind, I guess it's to the mid-2000s. So we're going about 12, 10, 12 years ago. Tim Lincecum burst on the scene. And Tim Lincecum had an ultra unique delivery. Nobody had a delivery like Tim Lincecum. Now there's been, I've been around as a pitching coach since ideal, almost since I'm 17 years old, if I've been coaching pitchers in some way, shape or form, but really as a profession since I'm 19. And there's been pitchers with unique deliveries. There's been El Duque and there's been Hideo Nomo. And even Andy Pettit had kind of a unique delivery. And there's been um, Dice K and, and Dontrell Willis. And all, all, there's always been pitchers with unique deliveries. But when you look at a pitcher like Dontrell Willis, man, you look at a pitcher that is a like a, a, a prototypical athlete. Dontrell Willis is, could probably play uh, any sport he wanted to. He had that level of athletic ability. He was also had size and Right? There was something special about Dontrell Willis. So him having a unique delivery was like, okay, I see this guy has a unique delivery, but this guy is also like an athlete's athlete. Right? There's, there's some things I see about him that there's, you know, I could never duplicate or copy. Even if I just copied the way he moved, it's kind of like copying the way LeBron James drives to the hoop. You're, you're, you could copy the movements, but you'd be missing <laughs> the man that's moving. It's the man, not the movements. But when Tim Linscombe came along, and no offense to Tim Linscombe, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been critical of this, and I don't know the guy, and I'm sure he's a lovely guy. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. But in my commitment uh, has to be to you. So I'm going to tell you the truth, and, you know, Tim Linscombe, you can reach out to me if you want. We have some mutual friends, but um, I'd love to have you on the show. We can talk about some things. But... Um, when Tim Linscombe came along, his delivery was ultra unique. I mean, I don't remember a delivery that was as unique as that. And the kicker was, is that he was like an average looking dude. He was like 5'10", whatever he was, 170, 180 pounds. And he was almost like, like I, most baseball players, you know, can identify with the body type and the looks of a Tim Linscombe. And he was kind of a skinny guy. You know, he wasn't like, like jacked, like Andy Pettit is a big dude, you know. Um, El Duque was a tall guy. Like, you know, there's, there's difference, you know, there's, there's some differences in the guys who had unique motions. So what happened was so many pitchers, um, young pitchers started to copy Tim Lincecum. Now you would have copied now looking back on that period of time, 
again, nothing against Tim Lincecum on a personal level, but his career was not what it should have been. And I, we talked about this when it was going on. We did a seminar called The Lincecum Trap. That maybe looking back in hindsight, we probably should have put a different title on it. Sorry, again, no offense to Tim Lincecum, but my commitment and my responsibilities to the players and the dads watching this, and that's why we did it. And we said, don't throw like this. Please don't do this because this is a delivery that's going to end up getting you hurt. And we got, I'm telling you, vicious, vicious responses from people. Vicious. So how stupid we were. And you don't understand pitching mechanics. And, and you know, Tim Lincecum's redefining. His motion will redefine pitching. And if you knew what I knew about pitching, you wouldn't say that about this guy. Blah, 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 blah. And fine. I, I understand. I know what I know about pitching mechanics. And what happened? Unfortunately, um, what we predicted came true. So here's the type of pitchers that I want you to study. I don't want you to study pitchers that are presently successful. Because I know they get a lot of attention, and I know it's very, uh, it's, you know, they're the current level players. But when you're looking for models of good, solid, long-term healthy mechanics, you need to look to models of good, solid, long-term healthy mechanics. And in the time, in the middle of the Tim Lincecum thing, there was nobody more electric. And just, by the way, I loved watching Tim Lincecum pitch. As a competitor, oh, come on. As a competitor, he was off the charts. I mean, I, th that guy had, had I was going to say a different word for it, but that guy had guts. I mean, that guy had guts. I mean, he would stick it to hitters, and he wasn't afraid of getting the ball. As, as watching a baseball game, from if I can separate the instructor in me from the fan, as a fan, Tim Linscombe was an electric pitcher and an amazing physical talent. I wish he had matched up that electricity and that physical talent with the skills for the game. Because I think he would have been one of the greatest pitchers of all time. But the pitchers that copied that got caught up in that electricity and the pitchers that copied that, I don't know, I, you know, I can't go back and I don't know all the pitchers that copied that, but I guarantee you it probably didn't work. I probably did. The first thing is copying Tim Linscombe is not going to make you Tim Linscombe. Copying any pitcher is not going to make you any pitcher. We see this now with basketball players. You see players that are playing like Steph Curry, right? That are kind of taking that quick shot and that far off shot, even moving with him, like the mannerisms and the way he kind of, you know, Steph Curry kind of floats around these quick and, and they're copying that. Well, let me tell you something, copying Tim Linscombe and copying Tim, Tim, um, copying Steph Curry are the most un Tim Linscombe, the most un Steph Curry things that you could do. Because Tim Linscombe came up with Pedro and Clemens. He didn't copy any of those guys. Steph Curry came up with Kobe and Jordan. He didn't copy any of those guys. He did their own thing. If you want to copy something about these players, copy their, that they were unique. So here's why my models of pitchers are long-term successful healthy models. And that's the only model they'll ever use to develop any instructional program that I will ever give. Because that career is finished. I only study finished careers now there's all kinds of research you could pull research from anywhere studies and all this stuff and i'll tell you a lot of the studies that are out there in pitching don't hold a lot of water i mean if you what i want you to do before you look at a study before you look at the result of a study i want you to look at who was studied some of the some of the, the studies that are being used to determine some of the pitching instruction of philosophy is out there today one of them was like 14 pitchers that were um uh what they would call recreational pitchers. And that means that they played high school or college and were less than four years removed. And that was, the, that was it. 
So here's what we don't know about them. We don't know if they were good high school or college pitchers. We don't know that. They're four, more, less than four years removed. I mean, come on. And most pitchers pitch in high school. And then we don't know what happened to them after. Were they injured before? Were they healthy before? Were they good before? Were they bad? The day after that test, did they have an arm injury? A year after that test, did they have an arm injury? We know nothing about them. And they were, I believe they threw 15 pitches. They threw 15 pitches in a, in a, a laboratory, and, they did, and from that, they came up with this instructional formula and are pushing it out to the masses. How confident do you feel in that now? So when somebody cites a research thing, here's what you do. If somebody cites research, cut and paste it, put it into Google, look it up. And in any research paper, you should be able to see um, the, the, the summary of the research and then the participants, the subjects of the research. And you will be amazingly underwhelmed by the subjects that were studied. So here's my research. Here's my test. It's only two questions. How did you pitch? Now, if the answer is, I was a really great pitcher. How long did you do that for? 20 years. Oh, that's all I need to know. So if I'm sitting down with Greg Maddox, like, how'd you pitch? Really good. I, I made it to the, uh, you know, I was a really great pitcher. How long did you do it for? 20 years. I was elected to the Hall of Fame. Now, now I'm going to start looking at Greg Maddox. Fine. You go into this box of pitchers that I will... I will start to look at Randy Johnson. How'd you pitch really good? How long did you do that for 20 plus years? Went to the hall of fame. Let put you in this box. So it's 20 years. So every pitcher is really great. So if I, if I put Tim Linscombe, Hey, Tim Linscombe, how'd you pitch really great? How long did you do that for six years? Even I love Clayton Kershaw. It pains me to say it, but I'm separating the baseball fan who loves Clayton Kershaw as a competitor. I'm separating the, the, the Christian in me too, that loves Clayton Kershaw of, of the, his faith and his, who he is as a person. And I'm talking about the instructor. I don't like Clayton Kershaw's mechanics. I think Clayton Kershaw is 32 years old, 33 years old, and he's starting to fade. Why is that happening? When pitchers like Maddox and Clemens and Martinez and Johnson were accelerating into their early 30s, because I don't, I don't like Clayton Kershaw's mechanics. I think there's a huge flaw. I know why he does it. But I don't like it. And we have a lot of mutual friends. So please, if you're listening, if you ever hear this, I love you as a competitor. I, I admire you and look up to you and your inspiration to me as a good, solid uh, Christian man. I would love to have a talk about mechanics with you. So I look at players. So Pedro Martinez, how long did you, how'd you pitch? Really good. How long did you do it for? I don't know, 18 years. Roger Clemens, I know there's a whole thing, I know. How long did you pitch? Really good. How long did you do it for? 20 years. Mark Burley, how'd you pitch? 16 years. How, how, how'd you pitch? Really good. How long did you do it for? 16 years. 14, 15 years, whatever it was, his career. I'm not, not 100% sure. But they were long, healthy careers. So I'm looking at successful, long-term, healthy models. It's done. Now, instead of studying a pitcher who's four years out of college or high school that – or I'm studying a pitcher that's having a few good years, like Dontrell Willis and Lincecum and Pryor, and those guys had a few good years. I'm studying long-term successful models. Let's look at the pitchers who did it really well for a really long time and really healthy. That's who I study. So my advice to you is don't get caught up in, in watching pitchers that might be successful for the moment. Get 
get really focused on studying long-term healthy successful models if you want long-term successful healthy career study models that had that head on over to baseballdadshow.com a lot of cool stuff over there for you um and i'll see you guys in the next show thanks Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I want to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.